The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Ecclesia, it's Advent, and you know what that means, Christmas is near, and I'm speaking to you from South America, and there is nothing quite as discombobulating, I haven't used that word in a while, as Christmas in South America. It's summer, and uh, Santa Claus is running around. It's, uh, can you imagine, like that's a pretty lousy job at a suburban Houston mall, but if you gotta be out in the heat of Argentina wearing your Santa Claus outfit, that's a, that's a rough job. And yet, what I want to tell you about today is that we have a really beautiful Christmas taking place for some of our dearest and most beloved friends in Argentina, specifically in a place called Chaco. And I can't wait for my friend Marcelo to tell you more about these people and this amazing gift. Many of you know, about 14 years ago, we reconsidered the way that we would celebrate the birth of Christ. We call it Advent Conspiracy. And for us, as we anticipated Christ's birth, we realized there were a lot of things that needed to change. Uh, and one was that uh, the kind of gifts that we would give, specifically uh, that our best gift, our most important gift in the Christmas season, the kids knew it, right? The kids explained it to us. If I had a birthday party and we gave gift bags to everybody, but nobody gave me a gift, the kids said, man, I wouldn't feel so good. That wouldn't be great. And we learned that because this is Jesus' birthday, our best gifts for sure, no doubt, ought to go to Jesus. And in the earliest days of Advent Conspiracy, at the early times of our life as a church at Ecclesia, we decided that the most important gift that we could give would be to give clean water to people in the name of Jesus. And I wanna tell you today why we think that's a great gift. When I was growing up, I, um, one of my favorite places to be was at my grandmother's house. There were a lot of reasons. Uh, they loved us, they cared for us, they always had the sugary cereal that we weren't allowed to have at our house. There were a lot of good things going there, but one was that my grandmother loved to bake and, uh, and kids loved to eat. And uh, one of my favorite rituals uh, when she was baking is that she would have whatever batter in her big mixer, it was a Hobart mixer, I'll never forget it, this kind of off-white mixer, and we'd get to lick the spoon of whatever uh, she was making in that. And I remember always seeing that mixer. And, and at some point in my life, she said to me, uh, this mixer, we've had it now for, I think then it was like 55 years. Uh, we got it as a wedding gift. And I remember asking her, who gave you that gift? Like, that's a great feeling to be a person that gives someone a gift, maybe for their wedding. And 55 years later, they're using that gift like my grandmother did multiple times a week, right? She loved that mixer. It just lasted and was there for a long time. And when we give gifts, it's amazing to give a gift that people are actually gonna use, gonna be blessed by for many years to come. When we take people to Holy Land, the first thing that we do, our very first visit, is to a city called Nablus, to an ancient well. That well, was dug by our great, 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 at a bunch of them, about 20 times more, grandfather Jacob. And one of my favorite things is that we get to, uh, we drop the bucket um, and we pull up the water. And then after we've all drank this really cold, amazing, clear, pure water, 
will pour a little bit back into the well and you can tell it's a deep well. It goes down a long way. It's one of the reasons that the water is so cold. Even in the summertime, the water's really cold because the water comes from such a deep level. And there's something about being in that place and remembering the story of Jacob. In Genesis 33, um, it tells us that Jacob finally left his father-in-law Laban. Now, many of you may remember, Jacob worked for 14 years for his father-in-law Laban um, for free. Um, so that he would allow him to marry his daughters. Then he worked for another six years for wages of livestock and cattle. And after 20 years, he decides to go home, face his brother Esau, and they reconcile, which is a beautiful thing because Jacob made some mistakes early on, and Esau did as well. They all made mistakes like most of our families. And then Jacob goes and he uses what he has to buy a piece of land. He builds an altar to the Lord. It tells us in Genesis 33. And I believe the next thing he did after that, because he knew it was important for his livestock and his family, was he got to work digging that well, Jacob's well. Ecclesia, one of the things we know about Jacob is that he was a hard worker. He wasn't perfect, but he worked hard. And because he worked hard, his father-in-law, Laban, was really blessed. He made him a rich man. Now, Laban didn't treat him very well. But once he left and started on his own, I believe he knew the first thing he needed to do to prosper in that new piece of land and their new home in Canaan, in Sikar, in Nablus historically, was that he needed to work hard and dig as deep as he could dig to get a water well that would function there. And can you imagine almost well, more than 3,000 years later, we had three millennium that had passed and I can still go to that water well and pull water out of it. Ecclesia, I don't know if you realize, but over the last 14 years, we've done some amazing work together. We started as a small church, but we realized we wanted to give our best gift to Jesus. And we have drilled so many water wells, small ones in India that serve little communities, big ones in Nigeria, $100,000 water well in Nigeria that, uh, that funnels water to five different points. We've done big water capture systems, some amazing things. And I gotta tell you today, I'm so proud of you. Over our history, you have given more than $5 million to clean water. I think that's a beautiful thing. That means in terms of new water points at this point, we have drilled 478 new water points. Now we've rehabbed and fixed some wells, we bought some drilling equipment, we've done a lot of other things to help bring clean water to people, but 478 new water wells. I wanna tell you the story of the first one and the most recent one. The very first water well that we drilled was after a visit to Liberia when we saw the need and I got to look into a dirty swamp that whole communities were drinking water from. I heard stories about um, the kids that were dying because they were drinking that dirty, swampy water. And we took action together. I, if you don't mind, let me take you back to young Pastor Chris and let him tell you a little bit about that first water well before it was ever drilled. One of the um essentials of the incarnation of real missions is that you live among people and you eat what they eat and you drink what they drink. As we gathered around this well, somebody asked me if I was going to take a drink. I, I couldn't put my hands in and take a sip from this well. One of the men standing next to me lost his child um, who became sick and within six hours died because his children are all drinking from this water a stagnant swamp. I 
told them, and I, I hope I'm telling them the truth, that I hope to be back here when a well's completed and share a glass of water with them then. As I get home, there are all kinds of things that are pressing for my time. There are bills to be paid. There is work to be done. There are people that have expectations uh, that they want me to meet. And um, at times, this place could become really distant, like a whole other world, a world that I don't live in. But the truth is, uh, the truth of the gospel is that um, I was made to be a part of work like this. Uh, God created me and created you so that we could see redemption take place, so that we could come to a place and see dirty water and we could come back three months, six months, a year later and see kids that were healthy and well and thriving and we could share a cup of tea or a glass of water. Um, I hope to be back here. I hope you see redemption in those same ways, that the places that you walk, you see pain and you see struggle and you see sin and you see despair and you decide not to look down on sin and despair, or depravity or sickness or illness, but instead you say, I'm gonna be a part of seeing redemption take place there. The average family in the U.S. spends about $800 on Christmas. I wonder if you remember what you bought last Christmas. I wonder if it's around, if it's in the kitchen, still hanging in your closet. I know that here, if about 20 families gathered together and spent that money instead to drill a deep water well, that that well would be here for years and years to come and that children wouldn't be sick and families wouldn't be suffering. As I look at all the things on my Christmas list and I can imagine many of the things on your Christmas list, nothing on that list seems nearly as important. The question for me and the question for you is will we do the right thing? I'm hopeful that we will, and, um, but we'll face the same problem the next Christmas and the next, but I, um, I hope that at least when I look into this place and this stagnant swamp that these families are drinking from, that I won't throw my money away at a time that we celebrate the birth of Christ. So Ecclesia, when I shared that news with you, all of you as a church, some of you around then, it was a beautiful thing, you rallied. We were able to drill those water wells and you know what, I was able to fulfill my promise to the chief in that village and I was able to come back and we drank tea together, one of the best days of my life. We laughed, we ate and you know what, that community was a different place. When we went in, it literally felt like a nonstop funeral. People were desperate, they were hurting. We went back and I thought, this is the same. I went back, I saw the same swamp. I saw the new water well, but you know what? A church had been built and the kids were going to school and everything had changed. Can you believe that we're about to, this Advent, if we're faithful in our gifts, we're gonna cross 500 water wells that are drilled. As much as I wanna take you back so that you can experience the first water well, it's even more fun in some ways to hear about the most recent water well. This is your Christmas gift to the people of Argentina, the native people that live in Chaco. I couldn't believe to hear an, a story uh, from a man who uh, told us that as a young boy, he looked in the eyes of his pastor 
I think he was seven years old. And he'd been walking five miles to get water as long as he could remember. And he told his pastor, he said, one day there are gonna be good people, they're gonna come here and they're gonna drill a water well for us. Now, it's been quite a few years, but that little boy is now the pastor in that community. He's in his late 30s and he got to see uh, that prophecy fulfilled uh, before his eyes as this Christmas emerged. A gift from the people of Ecclesia and La Mission here in Buenos Aires. My good friend, Marcelo Robles, he's been down to preach at Ecclesia many times. He's our partner and friend in the work that we get to do in Argentina. I wanted him to tell you about the backstory of why this is such an important water well and an incredible Christmas gift. This is one of the most uh, difficult areas to live of Argentina and in South America. Many hundreds of thousands of people live in the area without water or with little water that comes from the rain because the water that is in the surface is contaminated with arsenic. And uh, there are no wells in the area for many, many hundreds of miles around. 45 years ago, my dad was a missionary and a church planter in this area. And uh, he was sent in the times of the dictatorship in Argentina. He was sent to jail and he was tortured. And uh, we thought he was dead. But then we found out that he was the only survivor of a number of people. And uh, eventually he was set free. And when we came out of that area of the country, we were welcomed by the people of this province, the province of Chaco. They welcomed us. They loved us, they protected us, they gave us food. We were with nothing, we, lost we had lost everything. Somehow God used that to, for me to grow a compassion and a heart of gratitude to these people that didn't have anything, but they gave us everything to us. They didn't know us, they gave us food and shelter and uh, Many years in my heart, I was thinking about ways to help and to, to give back to what I received. One day I met uh, Pastor Chrissy and I heard about Living Waters and what they were doing. So we started talking 10 years ago. We prayed about doing something specific in this, in this part of Argentina. And uh, it took us five years to really plan this, to make this happen. And uh, three months ago, it really happened. God provided through Living Waters and through Ecclesia and other friends that God provided for us to be able to dig the well. The people celebrated today. Everybody came. We had a barbecue and kids playing in the, in the, in the water uh, and people just celebrating. Uh, I just a few minutes ago, I had the, the opportunity to say a blessing and and uh, met the pastor, uh, meet the pastor that will take uh, the ownership and the administration of uh, this water well for the whole community. Uh, so I, I couldn't, I couldn't hold my tears to to see God's grace that we can provide this water for this community. It's uh, unbelievable, 
Uh, we praise the Lord for this. And I say by faith, this is the first of many water wells that we'll be able to get here in this, in this, uh, in this province of Chaco. God bless you. Thank you again. Ecclesia, isn't it amazing that the very people that blessed Marcelo and his family, when they were in a time of need, uh, they were in a place of danger, they were in a place that they were really vulnerable, these people loved them and reached out to them. Isn't it beautiful that we get to go back and give a gift? And that that gift, maybe it'll be like Jacob's well, maybe it'll last, right, 3,000 years. Wouldn't that be amazing? It could, it literally could. If it's cared for well, it can be providing clean water to people in that community 3,000 years later. I think that's a beautiful thing. I've told you before that I believe injustices are passed down through generations, that if there's an injustice, what happens is it actually affects multiple generations. I told you a story about how my grandfather had a, a massive amount of money stolen from it. It was his whole retirement. And so at a young age, I started to care for him, send some money to him and to my grandmother. And, uh, many in our family leaned in to care for them. And now my daughters are off at college and I've always wondered if that man hadn't stolen from him, if I uh, would have put some of that money in a college fund and didn't need to be caring for them, um, what would have happened? It'd be different. I'd have more money to send them to college. I'd be in a different place, right? And injustice that happened to my grandfather instantly affects at least three generations. You see how that works? This, this is the good news. Now, the hard news is that greater injustices have an even more profound effect. And so what we have to do are be a people that fight injustice. But what I got to tell you, I also believe that great gifts and blessings, that they pass down even more generations. That when we give a great gift, that it just lasts. It keeps giving and giving and giving and giving and giving. So this year, if we pull together, we, we give generously and we love Christ with all of our hearts this Christmas. We're gonna pass the mark of 500 water wells drilled, more than 500 that will be out there giving and giving and giving for generations. Like the kids in Liberia that are now healthy and strong. They're worshiping Jesus in their local church. I don't know what could be better, Ecclesia. I don't know what could be more fun. I hope that in a few years, we're talking about a thousand water wells and that together we just realize that giving like this, it just never gets old. It's beautiful. I could go back to the one in Liberia. I can't wait to be able to go to the one in Chaco and see how it's doing in five years and 10 years because God's called us to a beautiful mission. So let's focus our hearts as we prepare for what God's gonna do in us this Christmas. I was looking at my feed as I was preparing for today uh, of photos, and it was actually 10 years ago in August that Chris asked me to go to Argentina to meet Marcelo uh, and to start a project that we were going to work together. Uh, we were in the middle of um, a Bible translation project uh, called The Voice, uh, which the whole idea was to take artists who are great in different genres of literature, whether it's poetry or history or all different types of genre, and to take those artists and then match them with the scholars who were good with the big biblical languages. So uh, you take a poet and have them translate Psalms with somebody who's really good in that language. And the hope was that it would create something that uh, is true to the text, but also reads really beautifully the way it would have in its original language. Uh, so we were in the middle of that, and then we uh, met Marcelo, and he was a pastor in Argentina, uh, and La Misión is in a place that's very... Um, economically challenged, and a lot of the people in their church uh, live in slums. And so what they had is they had uh, a, a plethora of leather, um, 
And so what they were able to do and what we were able to partner with is they could actually make leather covers for the Bibles, hand sewn, hand dyed, hand stitched. Uh, and then we could actually use those to cover the Bibles, uh, whether it was uh, one like this, where it's actually physically on it, or you could buy a leather cover, leather cover and then just put it on your Bible, uh, whichever one you were already using. And so we got to go down, and Chris told me whenever he was going, he's like, you have two jobs, right? It was really clear. So he said, one is uh, you need to get as, the best footage and uh, capture as many stories as you can, and then bring back as many leather Bible covers as you can. So we took a bunch of suitcases, and it was so funny coming back because customs looked at us like, what are you doing? What is like, we had suit, like, I think I had three suitcases and the guy I was traveling with had three. So we had like six suitcases full of these thousands of leather Bible covers in our suitcases and they couldn't figure out what we were doing. So customs seized them for a, a little bit. It took us like three days to fill out all kinds of paperwork. And then when I went back to go get them, they had been stuck in a corner next to some fish. And so the suitcases smelled like fish for days. Um, they, we, we never used those suitcases again. These don't smell like fish though, but it's so funny because every time uh, somebody gets up to do the benediction or to read something and they use one of these, it's a reminder to me of the work we got to do. Uh, we brought a lot back and many of you bought them and, and gave them as gifts. It was a beautiful time. Uh, so that was one thing he told me to do. And the second was, he said, I want you to be an encouragement to Marcelo. And Marcelo was uh, in a really dark season and uh, there was some things going on with his family and his church. And it was just hard, and he was discouraged. Uh, and so that's, he said, hey, I want you to go and to be an encouragement. So uh, I was dialed in and trying to find every moment I could to, to be an encouragement. And it was so funny, because I left so inspired by this man. I left, and I felt like I was so encouraged. And I can remember whenever we, he dropped us off at the airport, and God just laid on my heart to, to share with him a passage from Isaiah and it was talking about how God was going to do something new and you would see it springing up and would you even believe it was going to happen? And I had no idea that God was already birthing in him this idea of a well in Chaco. And it's so interesting to see how that's come. And now we get to not only partner for Bible covers, but we get to partner with La Mission to go to this village in Chaco to, to, to provide a well. And so to any of you who gave last year to Advent Conspiracy, thank you. You are part of that. That's amazing. Um, and so I just want to share with you a passage uh, from the scriptures uh, that really highlights this truth for me. And this is one that came up in, uh, I follow a calendar for Advent, and so it recommends different passages to read. And this one came up about a week and a half ago, and it just has kind of stuck with me. I've been going back and reading it again and again. And it's from Isaiah chapter 9, starting in verse 6 and 7. And it says, hope of all hopes, dream of our dreams. A child is born, sweet-breathed. A son is given to us, a living gift. And even now with tiny features and dewy hair, he is great. The power of leadership and the weight of authority will rest on his shoulders. His name, his name will know in many ways. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Dear Father, everlasting, ever-present, never-failing, master of wholeness, prince of peace, his leadership will bring such prosperity as you've never seen before, sustainable peace for all time. This child, God's promise to David, a throne forever among us to restore sound leadership that cannot be perverted or shaken. 
He will ensure justice without fail and absolute equity always. The intense passion of the eternal commander of heavenly armies will carry this to completion. And there's two uh, phrases that really capture me and stick out. Uh, and one is where it talks about how the child is a living gift. And I love that. And I love that we get the chance to partner with people uh, all over the world, people like Marcelo, who take this and they do amazing things. And I love this idea of people being a living gift and this idea that if we are willing to invest in people, it's the best investment we can make. And if we invest in people and our souls are eternal, that we were made for eternity, that that investment doesn't just go on for 50 years, that that is actually an eternal investment, that those investments go on and on. And so I wonder what it looks like for us to begin to see the people around us differently this holiday season. That instead of looking at the people who sometimes annoy us because they cut us off in traffic, or our family who knows how to push the buttons and they do it during the holiday season, and you know what I'm talking about, but what if we began to see that differently? And what if we began to see them as a living gift to us and to others that they meet? And what if we looked at how can we offer some encouragement because who knows what they would do with that gift if we offered it. And the other, I, the phrase that just has gripped me is the way the voice chose the word equity to describe justice. Uh, and if you look up equity in the English language, it's got multiple definitions, and one of them definitely has this sense of equality that the person who has a lot is able to share it with the person who doesn't have much, and it begins to equal out. Uh, but also this idea of equity, like it is in my home or like in the stock market, where there's also a return on investment, that things begin to reciprocate and give again and again and again. And I love that because that's the invitation that we get, the chance that we get this year to give gifts that continue to give again and again and again. And so my ask for us today is that we would take today to consider and pray for, prayerfully consider what does it look like for us to come together as a whole body, as a whole church, and what does it look like to give really good gifts this year? And I'm going to ask you to give to Advent Conspiracy so that we can take on projects like this. In just some few moments as we come through communion, there's going to be some baskets out, and that's a chance where you can give. And our commitment to you is that 100% of those gifts uh, are going to go to projects like that. We're going to make sure that it goes to provide clean water for people all across this globe. And if you're not ready to give today, would you commit to making the plan to give? Would you take the time this week to talk to your spouse or your business partner or whoever it is that you make those decisions with? And there's many of us in this room uh, that we have the chance to make a significant gift. Um, would you make that plan this week? And would you partner uh, and, and come and give? And my hope is, uh, you know, it's easy to throw out a number, but if I had a hope, it would be for 100%, that 100% of us would participate this year, that we would give gifts that, that, mass, that last, that go on and on, that we would give ourselves, that we would offer encouragement uh, this year, this week, in the coming weeks as we celebrate Advent. So would you pray with me as we prepare for communion? God, we are so grateful for your gifts to us. For your daily gifts of breath and light and love 
and your sustenance to us. And as we come to communion, we thank you for this bread and for Jesus' body that it represents that was broken for us. And we ask that as we eat today, that we would be reminded of how you gave so generously to us. And we thank you for this cup, for this juice and wine, and for your blood that it represents that was shed for us. And we ask that as we drink today, that you would well up in us spirits of generosity, that we would be generous this year with our time, with our words, with our attention, and that you would speak to us on how we can partner together and do some amazing things as a community together this year. And we thank you for your love and grace, and we ask all this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.